Praise the Lord. Awesome. Okay, God is so good. We are here at Train to Rain, and the tape is going, right? Okay, awesome. Praise the Lord. No matter what, these tapes do go out, and it's awesome for us to recognize that as we learn in this flow that um, the Lord still gets information out, and the, the live stream is so important. All this stuff is very good. All right, praise God. This is the year of movement, and the Lord showed me the term everything in motion. Everything is in motion. Everything is in movement. It's always been that way, and it, the fullness of it has already been planted into the earth. The moment Jesus came, he set some things in motion. He turned some tables in heaven, and he brought something down on this earth that as it is revealed to us and we apply it, there is nothing that can break it. Isn't that amazing that he already set something in motion that can never be broken, but yet within our brokenness and our revelation of it, and we apply it into our lives, nothing can stop the movement. Praise God. Everything in motion means movement is a productive. The ultimate goal is to receive a productive manifestation. Jesus came so we could produce the character of Christ on the earth to advance the kingdom of God. And so we have been talking about advancing the kingdom of God from within first. We can't advance anything on this earth without getting the kingdom of God, the order right within us first. And we talked about this. We've already talked about the first move, which is the source, the regenerated spirit. Nobody can advance anything in their life. You can work the world all you want. But if you want to work the plan God had predestined for your life, then you have to be, you have to receive Christ in your heart. And the regenerated spirit gets light like a pilot light. And it burns like a pilot light waiting to increase. Then we looked the next, then we talked about, and this is for this year, for 2016, we talked about movement. We already talked about the purpose of the source. Then we talked about what produces, what actually produces that source of truth within us, our soul. Jesus came to sanctify our soul. Jesus even said, we cannot live in, in good health unless our soul is renewed. Everything is produced out of the soul in your life. All right. So there are so many people who live recognizing that they're born again, and then there are, but they have no idea they have to renew this mind through the spirit. The spirit and the soul become one. And guess what? One of them have to be in charge. And it's either going to be the soul is going to rule or the spirit is going to rule. Our marriage with Christ is when we recognize he wants us to move by the spirit. If we are sons of God and we are daughters of God, we are moving by the spirit of the Lord. It takes time for this spirit to take dominion of this soul. The first dominion that has to happen is within you. Then you can go out into the world and train and reign and you can actually produce what God, and he does it in measures. He does it within measures. Then we talked about the third session of this year. We talked about the awareness of grace and the importance of being aware of what Jesus came and died. It says up in the heavens in Ephesians in chapter three, he said, I turned the tables. The moment he was crucified, dead and buried, he was resurrected up, turned the tables on how everything already worked. The kingdom of God is already here on the earth. Now we have to bring the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is one. He turned those tables. How did he do that? We turn the tables. Look at those tables with an S. We turn the tables up in heaven when we get that revelation of what he's teaching us. Something shifts because our faith moved with his grace and the tables shifted and they moved and then he had to do what? God has to bless us. He has to give us the promise. He has to give us the inheritance. Now, isn't that beautiful? We have inheritance received. We cannot receive it outside the awareness of his grace. We can't receive it. We have to be in the awareness of his grace, what Jesus came and died for, so that those things can shift in our lives. There isn't anybody that gets, to, that gets out of understanding this move or experiencing it 
through experience is how we generate the understanding and the revelation of it. And how do we experience things? By tripping and falling. We stumble and we have things. But God wants us to move in his rhythm. And it's so awesome because the next lesson for next month in Train to Rain is going to be about faith hearing. Faith hearing and the rhythms of hearing how you move through this. But tonight, or today, we are going to finish up with telling you what now. We know where we get our source. We know what produces from the source. We know that the awareness of grace has to be kicked in during that time of movement. Once your producer says go, then we talked about how the awareness of grace kicks in. And I love it because there's the Holy Spirit, there's Jesus, and the Father. He sits up in the third heaven and he moves those tables with his son, Jesus. Jesus tells the father, go ahead, bless them. But then what do we do with it? The whole purpose is to become one with the father, the son, and the Holy spirit in our business. Now this is crazy. We are called to have an abundant life in Christ on earth. Now today in our families, in our homes and in our businesses. Now I love this because you know, you can't separate the two. God said, every man shall work. Every man's to get up every day and he has something for him to do. And in that work, if we surrender it to him, he has something to show you to do for somebody in Christ in that work. Do you know what I mean? We get so, we get so excited about certain things, but we have to wait for the impelling force of the Holy Spirit to move us. But he says, I didn't, I didn't create you to just lay in bed all every day. He created us to all go into a place of work. Now, bless the Lord that over here at CE Hall, people get to come into a place where we cultivate the vineyard of heaven so that they can start being transformed, so they can do the things that they know. And they're not taking things what? Personally. When we grow up in Christ, we learn not to take it personally. God already has an abundant life for everybody in here, and it's a good life. And it's a life with no, your needs are met. There isn't, we suffer as we go through the process. But our suffering isn't supposed to be long because there's an an ultimate abundance that you're to receive. And it's an increase of him in you so you can do the work that you're called to do, that you were born to do. Chris, let's start with, so I just want to remind everything. Everything is in motion and movement is to produce a productive manifestation of an unseen thing. Man, every day it says, when God says in the word, Come and join the adventure. Let's go through this journey together. It's because there's something unseen that God is going to manifest in. Now, isn't that exciting? When we learn these movements, we want that manifestation to keep rolling, don't we? Every year we have a manifestation we can experience of God because of our sacrifices in growing in him, but most of all because of our obedience of hearing what he tells us to do in spirit every day. Every day, he tells us something to do. Every day, it could be just to rest. It could be just to go do this. Sometimes we just get so used to working the world, we got to get the world worked out of us so he can push out that darkness and bring those things in. So I thank the Lord because we are moving towards the result. The result is the Trinity one, the abundant life in Christ. And it's not just a result. It's also an outcome. Everybody wants a certain outcome, but God's got to process to process that. We are to be walking in the light, the love, and the truth. What does that look like? What does love, light, and truth look like? All right. Well, if you look on that last little chart, the little abundant life in Christ, we are already all called to have eternal life. If Christ is in you, then guess what? You are building an eternal glory in heaven that when you die or here on this earth, you go right up to your place in heaven. That's the eternal life. But he says you can live abundantly here on earth now doing the job, the business, the family, the children. I'm going to tell you something. Being a mom, being a mom, when you get assigned children, guess what that is? That's abundant life. God gave you an abundance of another life to get that life set on track through him. And he says, if you do it through me, guess what? There will be no lack. There will be no lack for those children. There'll be an inheritance. All right, I'm pulling this down, Chris, because I think everybody needs to see this. Because this is what we're going to, let's just, 
If you lift it up a little bit, the legs, the legs on this one, yeah. Yep. Yep. And this is really good for us to do these charts because they really do remind us of what is God's plan. So remember, we already talked about this Holy Spirit. The second month we talked about Jesus. The third we talked about the Father. Now we're going to talk about the abundant life. What is that abundant life? We are to become glorious sons of God. Glorious means that we walk with the countenance of God on us. When I go into a meeting, there should be a countenance on me that should set a tone in a meeting. Even if that meeting is going to be, because remember, we can't change the world. We can be changed in the world, and then something comes off of us. Okay, so remember, God said he's got to do it one by one, one at a time, one at a time. When we get broken, something in the multitudes get broken. So a glorious son of God, please put up Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. He says that we are to be firmly planted and we are truly planted in him. This is going to be the revelation I'm going to talk about at the end of this. Because we got to know whose we are and who we are. If you don't know that Christ, that if Christ dwells in you, now I'm going to tell you, how do you know that? You've had an experience in your flesh. You know, you know, there is something that beats this. There is a heartbeat that beats in you that you're not in charge of. He is in charge of it. We have to come into an agreement with it. And he says in Jeremiah 7, 8, he tells us he actually transforms us into his light, which he needs to have us out in the marketplace because in the word, almost all the powerful things that happen, happen out in the marketplace. Not We have our quiet time and we build our vineyard with God, but then we've got to go to work every day. We've got to go out there to do and set something for God. Do we have the, um, can't get it up? Praise the Lord. I can keep going on my intro until, <laughs> until the word gets up. Ooh. Are we going to have the scriptures? Okay. Yeah, I can pull it. Jeremiah. It's not on that list. Jeremiah 17. I got it right here. Seven and eight. Here we go. Okay. Jeremiah. If you get, you think you're going to get it, Chris? That'd be great because there's a lot of scripture. We were, I really, you know, we used to teach without that screen. I'm going to tell you, I don't know how we ever did that, right? All right. Jeremiah 17, seven and eight says, if you have your Bible, that is great. It says, the man is blessed who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river and will not see when he comes, but its leaf will be green and it will not be careful in the year of drought. Neither will it cease from yielding fruit. Isn't that beautiful? It says that if we recognize where our roots are really planted, which is in Christ, and Christ is in you, he already tells us that a man is blessed who trusts the Lord. Okay, now I, now this is really interesting because the Lord needs us to trust him. If the spirit is in you and you recognize my soul has to be produced into this, then the awareness comes right down like a column of glory into your life, changing, switching things. But to fool you, this is a person. Also, the, yeah, the buzz is going off. Is there something wrong? I guess the sound booth misses Todd. It says, Todd, if you're watching this video, come home to me. Update that he's working on a job site. He's a man working. <laughs> we have him working out on a job. I praise God. I love it. See, God doesn't want people, the enemy doesn't want people aware of what God has for your life. If he can interrupt us and, and um, affect our sound and affect the message going out. I felt it on Saturday night when I started to teach about the fire of God. It was like we had all these problems back there in the sound booth and we were having all these problems up here. And it was just like, it was the first time I felt a struggle. Yeah, like it was like I felt the struggle like when I first started teaching. Because that's how powerful this message is. See, if people really got 
the goodness of what God has for them. It says in Zechariah, he wants to give everybody good things. He wants to bring down his goodness. Every time we grow up in him, he brings us a goodness. So we know even when we stumble, he brings us a what? A goodness. So we can remember that is the power of God that does everything. It even says Abraham. I loved it in Hebrews when it reminds us that even Abraham, he had to let God build it, the foundation, not him. He had to let, when he got when him and Sarah got their flesh into it, they they birthed an Ishmael. Do you know what I mean? That's because they were starting to create the plan God was showing them. God shows us all a plan and doesn't mean that we're supposed to get ahead of him. We have to let him create it because it's created through the development of our character. And so in the development of that character through this word, he is going to bring an abundant life of Christ in your life. He just, he's going to do it. And he says every step of the way, are you able to get the screen yet? Every step of the way, he says, if you trust me, that you will be like a tree planted by the waters that spread out its roots by the river and will not see when heat comes. What does that mean? Will not see when heat comes. That means when the world, the world problems, the world conflicts, the world things start to come up around you, you're going to be so firmly planted that you're not even going to see the heat. I mean, Rachel, sometimes Rachel, it's funny. Rachel said to me, mom, sometimes you're so emotionless in the past couple of years. I said, no, it's just now I just identify what's God and what's not God. And I'm not even going to bother with the stuff that's not God, but do what God asked me to do in those moments. Because we're feeling, when we feel the heat, then that means there's something God has not revealed in your, he's developing something in your character. I want you to think about that. When we feel the heat, then there's something in our character being what? Developed. There's something of another level of trust being developed in us. It says, and the leaf will be green and will not be carefully in the year of the drought. That means a leaf even in the drought will still be what? Productive. Our businesses still have to be productive in Christ and doing what he's called us to do. But even when the, the market's down, we can't sell houses, whatever you're doing with your job, which is always to promote something. If it, it's not promoted in your soul and developed by God first, then guess what? Those leaves are going to what? Wither. They're not going to stay green. Okay, so even in the drought, we can stay green. Isn't that awesome? I think I did a teaching on that. It's good to be green. <laughs> it's good to be green. It says, neither will it cease from yielding fruit. So bottom line, we are always going to have the fruit of the Lord working in our lives, no matter what's going on in the world. Now, can everybody have that much trust in God to really believe he takes care of every single one of your need? He takes care of everything. He does better for you than what you could ever imagine or think. We got to start changing our thinking. And in this, when we start believing that Jeremiah 7, 7, 8, do you know that rivers shall start flowing in your life? Even when the heat, the drought, and all the oppression things come. It, we don't have the screen, do we? Okay, let's look at these verses. Everybody should have a sheet in front of them. Everybody have this sheet? So then everybody's going to have to look off the sheet today. Because there are four things. As we grow spiritually and the producer of our soul grows, it says, the glorious sons of God, rivers of living water, shall flow out of their belly. But that means it comes from the center of the spirit first. It gets produced in the soul and then it comes out. And he said there are levels in which you know that somebody's experiencing this. The first level is the prosperity. That means there is a river of prosperity that comes out of your life. You can identify the fruit of the spirit in someone else's life. That means there's also sources of supply in their life that are not like anything else. You know what? The word tells you to go to work, put in your hours, and that's how many people have ever gone to work, put in their hours, counted up what they made, and that's all they thought God was giving them. Right? Because that's what the world teaches us. God says, if you move with me and do what I, I'm going to bring other sources of supply to you. You still have to go out and go to what? work and he's going to work through that, but he's going to bring other sources of supply to you to do the work in him. All right. So I want you to think about it. our businesses are just platforms. 
Our businesses are foundations. And if they're, if they're rooted in Christ and they're planted like that tree, even in the drought, they'll still make it. It may not be, hey, I love when Paul said, in, in my abundance, he knew how to enjoy life. In his lack, he knew how to enjoy life. Because God, he didn't make the world is going to still be in rhythms. The world is going to have abundance and the world's going to have crashes and the world is going to go up. The world's going to have crashes. People in the body of Christ are supposed to be what? Flatlined, balanced. They're always doing good because they knew even Joseph in the abundance knew to gather into the storehouse. Okay. We have to know when God directs you, don't spend this, don't do this, do this, do that. He might be helping you store something up financially, emotionally, physically in your job, because he's asking you, look at Marvin, come in. Marvin, go in front of that camera and wave. When people look at that, when you come by, turn and wave. Marvin's here, right? I know he is moving in what God has called him to do. Marvin is a glorious son of God, learning how how can we grip this abundant life God really has for us? Okay, no scriptures up on the screen yet? All right, let's go to, everybody look on their sheet, John 7, 38. It says, he who believes in me, now like like this, he who believes in me, as the scripture has what? Said. Okay, so these scriptures, and it's so amazing because, you know, Rachel knows a, a family that their house burnt down, and the only thing that didn't burn down the house was the Bible. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't burn up the scripture. Do you know what I mean? God protects that word. He says, so in the scripture, he has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of what? Living water. Okay. The world cannot give us that kind of water. The world cannot do it. The world is going to give us conflict. The world is going to give us trouble. But God says, but in me, you, in your soul, you'll have peace. And I'm going to bubble up from the center rivers of what? Living water. Well, there are four rivers that come from out within your belly. In Genesis 2.10, it says, now a river went out of Eden to the water, to water the garden. We're the New Testament garden. Our New Testament garden is in our what? Soul. Remember, our soul produces the prosperity. Our soul produces good health. The more our soul gets conformed and transformed into Christ, then rivers can come out. So now a river went out from Eden. That means the center that Eden was the fullness of God's blessing. They lived. They didn't have to worry about anything because everything was so beautiful in Eden. And then it parted and became four river heads. The four river heads are intellect, Will, emotions, affections. The four riverheads are prosperity, source of supply, answers from God, and angels that restrain evil. Now, come on. If we're in business, and we already said our business is rooted and grounded to trust God in it, he says now from our belly, whoever is the authority of that business, that means the owner, from your belly will depart four riverheads. So every business is to what? Prosper. Every business is to what? Have sources of supply that feeds into that business. Every business shall get what? Answers from God. Now, isn't that powerful? If your business is really submitted to God, God will bring the answer down to you. If you are rooted and grounded and trusting him as he builds a foundation. Remember what it said? Abraham what? Abraham had faith in God and it was proven to him and he received an inheritance because he said he allowed God to build the foundation. Man, we got to sometimes we got to slow down, spend time with God so we can hear what his next move is. Because guess what? When you receive his next move or his next instruction, it is contrary to the way the world is going to see it. And that's what we got to keep in mind in all our businesses. There are things that we have to respect the authority of the world, order, business license, stuff like that. But then in how he's going to grow it, he's going to give it through you to increase through you. But it's going to have, and how do you know it? You're going to see the fruit of it. It's going to have prosperity. It's going to have, I love it. I, I have to use this testimony of Marvin. Marvin, before he got married, God was shifting him in a job. And God put him in a job right in time. 
And he had a dream. He was submitting it to God. And where did God say your job was? Pooler, right? And then all of a sudden, Todd has some dream that he's supposed to go to Pooler. Because what's so awesome is God is going to help you and send you a witness, somebody to help move you along. Do you know what I mean? And it bear witness with him. The next thing you know, a day later, he gets a job in Pooler. And that job supplied, that job prospered him for that time. That job supplied the source of something in his heart, which was what? Springs engagement ring. It gave him a job that gave him enough that he didn't have to go in debt for an engagement ring for spring. It actually brought that source, but it came from the answers from God. Man, Marvin wasn't used to walking in that. I remember when Mark came in and said, hey, I think my job's in Pooler. Do you know what I mean? So when we sit, we, you can't say to somebody, hey, pray for me. Seek God for me. Do this for me. God didn't say it that way. He said that each and each individual of us needed to seek God. And he says, I will give you the prosperity. I'll give you the supply. I'll give you the answer. And guess what? When it's time to move, I'll even send angels to stop the evil from attacking you. Now, isn't that really powerful? It is so powerful. If we can get this, it, it, is a, it is so successful that remember what I said in Jeremiah. Even if there's drought, even if the heat increases around you, you will never wither. You can see the heat. Can you imagine living in a column? This is, this is basically how the Lord showed it to me. It's like living in a column and you have a film like a kid in the bubble and you can see all the world around you, but it can't touch you. As long as you keep doing what the father keeps filtering down through Jesus comes to your spirit and then comes back up to your soul. Now your soul has to produce and believe. The first thing you have to, your soul has to do is what? Believe. Man, that's where we, everybody in here has heard something from God and they didn't believe it. And when they didn't believe it, they just passed it on. And then they missed God because they believed what was outside the bubble. They believed, you know what God always sends, I mean, the enemy always sends when you have to believe something with God? He sends somebody else of the world who's so successful, has it all together, has it all down. You know what I'm saying? And then you're like, hey, why can't I? I want it just like that. <laughs> I want what they have. Do you know what I'm saying? And God tells us, do not get weary in doing good. What's good? Staying in his column. Do not get weary in doing good because I have something better for you and it will have the abundant life on it. That's what we're focusing on today. The abundant life in Christ is not how we see it in the world. Isn't this exciting? I mean, I'm going to tell you, I remember when I got that, I, seven years ago when I saw that chart and I started applying that chart, man, it was, that means I actually had to come into agreement that he wanted to prosper me and not through the prosperity message. We got verses and not through the prosperity message. Do you know what I mean? The enemy wants you to keep focusing on prosperity when prosperity is already ours. Prosperity is already, it was already released in the earth when Jesus died in it. He was the seed that was planted and resurrected up. So that means the cycle's already in our lives. We have to grip it. We have to believe it. We have to, it says, we have to grab what's from heaven and bring it down into earth. We bring heaven into earth because he already set the tone. So that's the first thing. So many people believe, well, God doesn't want to prosper me. Now, remember, prosperity is different in everybody's life. Prosperity first comes in the soul. Then this is the year of movement. He's going to manifest it out around you in what you need to do, what you're called to do. Marvin's called to do something for the body of Christ. Kim's called to do something for the body of Christ. I love it. When we get into what we're called to do, the moment you are in agreement with him, put up Psalms. One, one through three. The moment you can keep these things in alignment, then you're going to believe that you have the prosperity of God in your life. And this is, these are the three things he tells us to do. Blessed is the man who walks not where? In the counsel of the ungodly. Who is the ungodly? Somebody who's not seeking God. That doesn't mean ignore people who don't seek God. That's where people start saying, oh, I can't hang around this person. I can't hang around. That's, that's not right. It says, don't seek counsel from them. Everything you have to do, the first step you have to do is 
plant that, plant that desire, plant that heart and ask God, start pushing up all our cares and concerns have to go up to him. Then it says, nor stands in the path of a sinner. Okay. That means don't get in, don't get involved. Remember how I said when you're in the column and you see other people prospering and you're like, Hey, one of the quotes that they have in business all the time, all business classes say this, find someone who excels in what you want and copy them. Okay, that's the first thing they tell you in business. You know what? In Remax, I wasn't even there a year. I made the 100% club in less than a year. Every new real estate agent that came into the business, the brokers would say, go talk to Lee because she's been most successful. And I'd be like, why are they talking to me? I didn't even, you know what I mean? Like, what, and they always ask me, Lee, what, what was your success? I, this is what I honestly said. And it really does go with this. Mind my own business, mind your own business and mind your own business. And they would look at me. I would say, don't go to the sales meetings and look at the charts who's selling. Mind your own business and mind your, but that means don't get into the social gossip of the office. When I hired Francis, the first thing I says, Francis is not a place for you to make friends. Francis has been with me since Remax to here. Didn't I say that? This is not to make friends. <laughs> because when you get into a sales environment, okay, I wanted to stay in the column of seeking what God had for me to do. And he elevated the career. I didn't, man, I am not that good of a real estate agent. I hate to tell you, I love people and I love God. Now that's what sustains me. All right. God says, now don't walk in that path. Walk in the path I'm showing. There isn't any business out there that God's not going to show you how he wants to run it, not how you want to run it. Okay. So don't go. This is why I, I love that. Look unto those who have the fruit of God's prosperity in their life. Now go to them because they're happy. They're full of joy. They're full of peace, even when the world doesn't have peace. Okay, then it says, so now don't sit in the seat of the scornful. That means don't hang around a bunch of complainers. I'm not making it. Why am I not making it? Have you ever seen people just shift, have this great vision, and then they hang out with people that all they do is complain of why they're not making it? Come on. I saw it in real estate all the time. I would see agents cluster together, complain about why does that person have that client? Why does that person have that? And you know what? They are a waste. Mind your own what? Business. Don't get into everybody else's complaint because you're just getting onto, you just took your little, you took your little spot and you just jumped on their spot. <laughs> and then if you jump on their spot, you say, that's the blessing I want then. I'm going to connect with their curse. Come on, how many days have gone by that we have, we have jumped off the spot God already gave us. We thought that spot looked better. And then they're complaining and it makes us feel better because we just don't know how to break through. And then we get mirrored in their mud. We get into their behaviors. We start doing the things they're doing and they don't prosper. And then we keep hoping, maybe it'll work for me. Come on, right? How many of us said, maybe it'll work for me. Maybe it'll work for me. It's not going to work for you because if you are a child of God, he's going to show you what works for you. And guess what? It will work. You've got to believe that you have already got the greater one in you. That's the first step of success in business, to believe that. But his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. That means believe in him. And in his law, he does what? Meditate. You got to be talking to God in the morning. You got to be talking to God in the evening. And then you have to talk to him what? Again, the next morning. And then you have to go home again. What? The next evening. You have to really lay it all out to him. And you know what? If you have hurts, pain, suffering, and something's not working, all you have to do is give it to him. Because I'm going to tell you, the thing he'll ask you to do is not the easiest thing, but it will produce the most amazing. I, I have experienced it. I have done what the world would say in real estate is stupid. But the flow that has come back to me, I even hesitate to even talk about it all the time because it's so humbling that you have to be like, but it was never completely for me. It was still for me to keep rotating out to people. There is a flow that you keep going and it's like riding a bike and it keeps the water keep flowing. It says, he shall be like a what? A tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in what? season whose leaf shall not what wither so the first thing we have to remember is prosperity 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 is being a tree whose leaf never withers in the drought 
a, a tree that never dies out, even when the heat is attacking it. Okay, now I really want you to keep this in mind. There are certain things in our lives, if the tree is withered, if the leaf withers, and the tree burns up in the fire, then guess what? It wasn't God. Let it. Let it. When it says, let something go, you want to be prosperous? Let go of the stuff that God was never in. And I'm telling you, that's where, you know, in, at Remax, I was successful. And it was good, and God built me up. And then he built me up at a level he was going to burn down. Okay. He did do that. He built me up and then he built me up this little extra level, just enough to boost myself. You know what I mean? So he could bring down what wasn't him and then shift me into what was him. So now I want everybody to keep this. We have to be open to say, burn, baby, burn is the song. Okay. <laughs> we do. If you really want to be prosperous, him, I do. I have the song, burn, baby, burn, right, Chris? In my last lesson, I love it. We'll play it at the end. But when you listen to it, you laugh because he's going to bring down the stuff that wasn't him. And if you let him, that means in due season, what's going to come? A resurrection. We live in death, burial, resurrection. We forget. We get so stuck in the death and the burial, we forget. He wants to resurrect our life. He already promised to do it. It's already done. There isn't one person that won't seek him that he will not resurrect. He will do it. I, and that's what we're trying to get done through Train to Rain and through the people connected with us. I love it because people come in here. We'll have a full house one time. People get wiggly and then they move out because they don't know what to do with this stuff after. They've got to keep connected with God, not with Train to Rain, but with the Lord in their time. Some people get so intimidated because some people are afraid to let go of some of the things God did not place in their lineup. All right. So praise the Lord. All right. Now the next one, source of supply. You actually have to understand that once you come into that agreement and you know you're supposed to prosper, the moment you start believing you're supposed to prosper, guess what's going to come to you? Sources of supply. Put Psalms 36, 8 up. Put Psalms 36, 8. Houses of Zion, Kingdom Life Ministries. <laughs> Psalms 36, 8. The second river that comes out of the Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden, remember, is the fullness and beauty of God. Happy Mother's Day. We are doing really good with this sound system today. Happy Mother's Day. Do you have it? Can you get the scripture? Okay. That's okay. Psalms 36, 8. It says, they, okay, once you've come into the agreement that God wants to plant you like this. It says they, that's us, are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. That means God's going to now start cutting you down. So you will be satisfied with the fullness of his house, not your own house. Let me tell you something. You all can live in a house and you can be fighting with your wife, fighting with your children, fighting with everybody, hate your neighbor, all this stuff. But the true source of supply will never come until you tap in that you're only satisfied because he gives you that satisfaction. Now, I want you to understand we were moving. It says in, um, there was a king in the Old Testament, and it said for him to receive his healing, the sundial had to go back 10 degrees to go ahead 20 degrees. There's a thing that everybody in Christ, the dial has to go back. We have to get into the depth. It even says in Ephesians, Jesus had to go down into hell to be resurrected back up to the Father. Sometimes when God is changing our lives, we have to go where? Down. We are going down to go up. And it says, when do you know you're starting to go up? Is when the abundantly sat, when you are abundantly satisfied with the fullness, your house is not your house. It's capitalized. It's his house. He's looking for you to become satisfied with him. And we watch this all the time. We watch people that we counsel and that we move through, and they give up on the word and worship and time with God. And then they go back to their old ways, and then they're even what? More miserable. But if they'll break through, I always tell people, worship God and seek the word for 30 days. Don't think about anything else. Your job's still going to be there. God's going to protect you. And he's going to show you then what he does because you'll gain a measure of him. And when you gain a measure of him, he says, now I have to bring that measure down to you. 
So we don't have to wait till we're completely perfected in it. We just have to gain a measure. I watched it with Marvin. When Marvin first came coming here and he started, when God realized he was supposed to get married, God started blessing him because he was seeking him. But then what happens if you stop, you miss the next measure. Every year we get an increase. Every year. It says we get delayed when we stop what? Seeking him. We stop. That means if we stop, guess what else stops? Everything in the universe that God has for you stops. You're either going to work it in the, on this spot in Christ or you're going to work it in the world. And then if you start working after you've been in Christ and got an increase, and then you come over to the world and start working it, it feels worse. So many people come to us. What I used to do doesn't work anymore. Yep, it doesn't work anymore because you've already accepted Christ. You've already had a level of receiving and abundance. So now you can't, go, you can't go back. You have to keep doing what? Going forward. I felt that over here. All the things I did in real estate at Remax did not work at real estate at CE Hall. And I felt everything going what? Down, down. I'm like, why can't I make this land? What can I make this Because God says, I need to clean you up. You're going to do it my way. My way is the highway, right? It says there is a highway that's covered in the spirit of the Lord. And people cannot see it. But if you're in Christ, you can see people on the highway. You see people going down that highway. It says, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasure. Now, this is what's so awesome. When he sees that you're immovable and you're not going to move. Just we, we sang a song when we opened up called what? Unstoppable love. If your love becomes unstoppable and seeking him in all things, guess what he's going to do? You are going to drink from a river of his pleasure. His pleasure. Man, how many of us have sat down and we wrote out what we think is pleasure? What we think is pleasure is not what he thinks is pleasure. But he is, his is more than what could we could ever think. And so we have to kind of get that mindset. We have to get that mindset that his supply is greater. His supply is awesome. It is much more greater. Go to Philippians 4.19. Because here's the key. If you recognize that my God shall supply all your what? Need according to his what? His riches and his glory by who? Christ Jesus. So that means if you aren't seeking God through Christ, if you're not spending time in that word, you're not worshiping him, you're missing it because those are his riches. Those are his glory. Then he makes things happen. I'll tell you one thing I've experienced. I do less work today than I did when I was working in the world. I get up. I worship God. I enjoy him. He brings people to do work for me. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I say that with love. He, he wants me to make sure I'm in that time. And then he takes care of work. I feel like I, I feel lazy sometimes. Like I'm not doing what I used to do in the world. But he says, no, I'm giving you my pleasure because you're in my pleasure. When you're in with him and you're excited about that, he's going to bring the things to you and then help you help others because that's the ultimate thing. Once he gets you right, your job is to what? Help somebody else cultivate that. There is no protection unless there is reproduction. So, okay, go to Jeremiah 33, 3, 33, 3. So once we get this right, we know where to prosper. Second, we get into his column and we know that he supplies what he wants for our lives. Then, oh my gosh, you have opened up your earways. And we're going to talk about this next month. How do you hear truth? And the way the Lord showed it to me is so different than how it's ever been presented. And I, it's all, that, that's a teaching in itself. But we have to be able to hear the answers from God. It says, call to me, and I will what? Answer. How many people are afraid to really call to him? How many of you think I'll call to him and he won't answer? I did. Come on. I figure, and, and sometimes some say, I've been calling to him and he's not answering. <laughs> okay. How many times have you felt like I have called and I have called and I have called and I've got no answer? Now, I'm going to tell you something. When you feel you're not getting the answer, go back on the dial. Do you really believe that he wants to give it to you? Do you really want to hear the answer? Will you choose the answer he tells you? That's the key part. We can never really hear him till these first two are built. And if we're doing this, calling on to him and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things, which you do not what? No, you've got to come into this segment like a child. I don't know 
I can't do it. I can't figure it out. But I am going to meditate on these scriptures and start believing you do want to prosper me. So don't do these things. And then focus on these things and know that he's going to, he is going to supply. You have to know his supply is different than your supply. I loved it. Marvin's not at that job anymore. That job, God, God led him to that job for one reason, to buy his wife an awesome ring. Now, and you know what? And then everybody wants it. The moment that job was done, it was done. And you know what the world wanted to say? Loser doesn't have a job. Right? I mean, come on. I'm saying that with love. That's what the voices he would hear. Loser doesn't have a job. And then everybody else filtering in. What? Loser doesn't have a job. Marvin is not a loser. Marvin has a call in God. And Marvin's going to do it only. God is not going to move him to anything next until what? He hears from God. Because he already surrendered his life to God. So Marvin, I love this. Marvin has done the shift. After he got married, he didn't have that job. And then God put him in another what? awesome job. He became the top sales guy for selling some serious cars. Okay. And, but you know what? That's awesome because everything is going to be shifting a gear in him. Okay. But when we stop calling him, what happens? The movement stops because somewhere Satan came in and made you believe that you weren't worthy to receive the inheritance. Somewhere Satan came in and convinced you that he wasn't going to supply for you anymore. Do you see what I'm saying? It even says in the word, in Christ, we will elevate up and we'll feel this excitement. And the moment we receive his blessing, all of a sudden Satan comes and does what? Brings you down to the, such a level that you really think God's not working anymore. That's his job. He sees when we get a rhythm of God. And then he sees, oh, and this is how the best way I can say it. My daughter had a God experience in the car. And it was like she had her hands lifted up. Think about this. Worshiping God. She, God comes down in her car, burns her body up. It's awesome, right? But then sometimes on our heart, we have things taped on our heart that we love more than God. Okay? So the moment you raise up and it's like touching God's hand, the enemy is sitting right there with an arrow ready to point at the spot that you haven't given God yet. So, of course, she got an attack the next day, all about her dog. She loves that dog so much. But I'll tell you, that dog's day is coming to its end, which will really be something that's going to shift Rachel's life. Okay? But that dog takes precedent over what? God. She doesn't mean to be doing it. Do you know what I'm saying? But it's what God's using to help bring her into her next elevation. But the moment she started... Get, started pressing back in, the arrow comes and hits on the area and arena of your life that you have before God and don't even realize it. Do you know what the antichrist is called? What's the word anti mean? And I'm going to ask you because I know what everybody, right, that's what the world would say. That's the world's definition of it. God's definition of antichrist is something else instead of him. Antichrist means instead of, that's the true Greek meaning. Antichrist means, I asked Gene in the car yesterday. I was so excited about this revelation. And he goes, it means without. I was like, that's the right answer. Meaning if we have something without Christ, then it cannot prosper. It's going to bring you down. Satan has his arrow pointed on it. For the moment you have your, your God experience where you do choose God, he's still going to hit the spot in you of your Antichrist. Now, you can be saved. Here we go. Now the, the sound system is going to act up. We can be saved and born again, but there still is a measure of unbelief in our soul. There is. That's the true. We, talk, we, we make this line, believer, unbeliever. Guess what? The moment you stepped in Christ in your heart, you have some what? Unbelief in you. It's in your soul. And it's anti-Christ. That means there are some beliefs that we have that we don't have Christ in those thoughts. That's why God says, it's a process. I'm going to remove that thought that's not Christ, and I'm going to replace it with Christ. Now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to step with it, or are you going to reject it? See, we're all in a process of becoming to the fullness of Christ in us. Ugh. Man, we have it so black and white when people go out that door. They're judging you for everything you've done wrong. 
They're judging you. They're not working with you. There is no. For, there are people who will not forgive you because they've already decided. Oh, you think you have God? You have Christ. You're perfect. And all they're doing is looking to shoot you down and everything when it's a process. And if they're shooting you down, then they're not in the process. It says, how do you know someone is really with me? They have Christ in their flesh. Oh, get this. When we accept Christ, we take in the breath of Christ. Christ becomes a part of your fiber even when you fail, even when you mess up. He says, now I'm going to transform you. Those people who are cutting you up and shooting you down, they have never accepted Christ truly in their heart. Because when we accept him in our heart, we accept it in brokenness. And in our brokenness, when we see somebody else suffering, we become broken with them while they're going through it. And then that's the true body of Christ working in the unity of the faith. Nobody has the perfect. We're given a measure. We got to help each other out. Do you guys feel it? I feel the intensity rising right now on it. We have to get this right that everybody is born with a measure. And then we also have the measure of the Antichrist in us, which is the spot that we have in belief without Jesus. We don't even know what that is until Jesus is ready to turn up the fire and make it aware to us. We're actually surrendered where we can't even make the change happen until he's ready to do it. And when you know he's ready to do it, he starts cutting some things down. You start feeling the heat and your tree starts to what? Wither. <laughs> okay. Your little leaf doesn't stay green. It gets depressed. How many of us felt our leaves depressed, right? Okay. Our leaves hang down. We get depressed because we're missing out. God, God wants us when we feel that heat and we feel that wither, we're supposed to go, all right, what in me is of what in me is not of God? What in me, say, God, what in me, where my sin is missing the mark? What in it? We, man, we get so stuck on moralistic sin. We need to just slow down. Do you know what I mean? And stop cutting people up and start knowing the moralistic sin is just the manifestation of the sin of missing the mark of where God is without in your life. Man, that is it. You wouldn't manifest that kingdom if there wasn't a spot that you weren't connecting with God. Do you get what I'm saying? If people go back to alcohol, drugs, they go to the wrong job, they pick up the wrong women, that is just a manifestation of the spot that's not connected to God, okay? And God says, when you start recognizing, you start falling into that other spot, he says, okay, now look up to me, call unto me, seek me day and night, and I'm going to show you the spot that you don't have me in. Even though you're saved, so many people have given up and said, hey, Chris is a perfect example. People come up to me and say, am I saved? <laughs> it's so cute. And I was like, okay, well, tell me about how much he's okay, okay, I remember being saved three times. Okay, we only get saved once, but it's so cute. The enemy has us so confused to believe that we aren't even saved by God when, we're, when our leaf is withering, our water's down, we're doing the wrong thing. I can't be saved because I'm doing this wrong stuff. No, the manifestation of the wrong stuff She's just connected to the area that you're without Christ in that area. There isn't anybody in here that doesn't have perfect. Not even, I not. I mean, man, I know it. When the enemy starts rising, I feel the heat. I feel withered. And then I just go, okay, what is it? The person says in Jeremiah, the person will say, God, where have I sinned? Is a person of unintentional. That means they're not trying. He's trying to reveal something you don't know. But the person who starts selling themselves to people, well, where have I sinned? Where, what have I done? And they're talking to people about it. That means there's something God has already told you, and it's intentional, your sin. You just don't want to go towards it. How many times did God reveal something to us and we just didn't want to make the change? Right? I, I remember being that sell myself, sell my sin day. <laughs> and I didn't, but we don't really know we're doing it. You know, I just, I laugh at it because it's just something for us to identify. Praise God. What is the time check, Chris? Okay, let's go to. So does everybody get this? God, go to John 16, 24. God really wants to get this in us. Isn't that awesome? We are so blessed because when you come in here, you come into a safe place. And then what I want everybody to do when they leave today, I want them to ask God really, where, what in my business needs to be cut? What needs to be changed? What is it? 
John 16, 24 says, until now you have what? Ask nothing in my name. Now ask and you will receive that your joy may be what? Full. So when we get the right answer, then our joy is full. Isn't that awesome? It's just so it's now just recognizing what is that spot that's not working for me? You know, because you, like I said, you can't get the answer from God until you recognize you need to be prospering with him, until you've experienced a source of supply with him. You actually have to have these experiences because you can't hear if you don't believe. All right. So the last section is angels that restrain evil. So everybody's getting this, right? Now we're building up. There is a place that when you hear that instruction and he gives you that in, in, in his, and you ask it in his name and he gives you that which way to go, now you have to do what? Do it. <laughs> you have to let whatever be cut off be cut off. You have to go do whatever you do because he is trying to bring something to you. He's trying to develop you. So go to Genesis 3.24 talks about the angels that restrain evil. Praise the Lord. We had a lot of opposition this morning, Mr. Hall. Sound system, it was getting good. It was like every time it was getting good, the sound system would start to, I told, I went to, I looked in the thing and I said, Todd, we need you back. The sound system needs medical help. <laughs> it, needs, it needs Todd's love. Genesis 3.24 says, so he drove out the man and he placed a cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which turned every way to guard the way to the what? Tree of life. Okay, this is so awesome. When you recognize you are to be firmly planted, rooted, you are in him, you are focused in him. And he says, when the heat comes, you'll not dry up, right? He says that when your, your leaf will not what? Wither, it will stay green, even in all the challenges. It's because when God's, when that column gets so right and all everything gets in the right position, now the tables have turned up in heaven and he's got angels. He, and he sees you're doing it. They cannot stop anything. Even though every opposition now is coming to try to get you to stop walking forward. It can't. An angel stops and you hear an instruction. The rotations I've gone through, it is amazing. Because when I get the instruction, the first thing I say is, I can't do that. I don't think I can do that. But then every time I take one step, it does feel like somebody's cutting something off. He makes the moment available. It cuts something off. <gasps> I think of something that doesn't feel right about it in the world. Boom, he cuts that thought off. I go to the next step. Do you see what I'm saying? In our businesses, if we truly have surrendered our business as a place for God to work, now we're going to have to do it his way to receive the fruit of it. We're going to have to go through that because he does want to give us the fullness of that joy. This is the abundant life of Christ. This is what he has, Jesus died for us to get this rotation. It's already done. That's why when we opened, I said, we have to receive it. We actually have to be receiving of this and now apply it. Stop crying and start what? Applying. I love that. If anybody doesn't know that teaching, it's online. Stop crying and start applying. Now I showed you the, or the pinpoint areas where you'll start crying. Do you know what I mean? But you cannot keep crying. You have to keep what? Applying. And he says, seek me morning and seek me at night. Stay in the column of love. Don't go into the column of the world. Because, it, and this is a verse, I think I marked it in here, that I thought was really beautiful. That um, when we were talking about when something is without God, I think it's in John, uh, 1 John chapter 4. I want to end on this because this is going to open us up into our next teaching next month. Next month, just to let you know, we're going to talk about hearing. And it's going to be very important because we do want to open up the channels to hear the right things. But even when you're getting answers from God, voices are still going to be speaking in your ear as you're going through the changes because the enemy's job is to do what? Get you off the highway. He wants to get you back into the darkness so you don't produce what he has asked you to produce. All right, I love this. It's in chapter 4, and it says, oh, okay. Those who are from the world 
Because of this, they are speaking from the world, and the world listens to them. If we are, fr we are from God, the one who knows God listens to us. Who is not from God, those who are not from God, does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay, when we walk by faith with the awareness of grace, we have to know what spirit are we hearing? Are we hearing the spirit of truth? Or are we hearing the spirit of er error? Well, in the word here, when it says there are going to people that are going to come, they're going to speak from the world. And because of this, they are speaking from the world and the world listens to them. So remember when I told you when we get stuck in the column and we see somebody else succeeding and we're like, hey, I want to be there. Hey, I want that. I want that. And then you actually get out of your column. And you start listening to that person, and that person starts telling you what they're doing, and it's not connected, they're not seeking God, that's when you have to back up and, and ask yourself, who is speaking into my ear? Look at their fruit. Are they in the spirit of the Lord? Are they walking by the spirit? Or are they walking in the world? I mean, it is awesome in negotiating real estate deals right now, because there was a man that came in, there's a house that we have. And we've had this house for a long time. And I was praying. So I was like, just, I want to sell this house. I want to sell this house. I can't begin to tell you how much I pray. Just, I want to sell this house. Well, I heard, stop asking me to sell. The house is already sold, right? So we're going to do this my way. And I was like, okay, what's your way? <laughs> he says, wisdom. I was like, okay, great. The next day I get a call from this IT guy, like Sears guy could buy this house tomorrow, Right. All right, and so, but something wasn't something wasn't filtering right about it to me either. So I used what I've learned in this ministry. I was like, we sat. I said, we'll meet. He said, I really want to rent it. I could tell he didn't want to buy it. He really wanted to rent it. He wanted to rent it for twenty one hundred a month. But the house itself, we have it listed for twenty eight hundred a month. Well, anyway, he comes in. I said, well, we're just going to meet and we're going to keep flushing this out. And he liked that. Oh, flush it out. I said, yeah, we're going to hit the real motive. We're going to hit the real motive because guess what enemy's going to do? Get me to rent that sucker, get it done, move it. I've already made the mistakes. I've already made these mistakes. So we met three times. Kim was my witness. Kim sat with me through the three meetings, but the truth came out. He really just wanted to rent it for $2,100 money. He didn't really want to buy it because he even threw in a call and said, hey, I'll buy it for three sixty-five. dollars And so when I called his bluff and said, we'll do it. He said, I just really want to rent it. I'll, I'll pay $365 after I rent it for six months for $2,100. Sometimes when we negotiate things and we talk about it, we got to be listening to what is coming our way. Because I could have got myself into something that would have turned out what? Taking less, not what God wanted. And so when I think about that, when we pray to God the concerns in our business and things that are going on, we really do have to move so slowly in the negotiation process and make sure that he is showing us the spirit of truth or the spirit of error in it. But God used it because we got, to, we got to actually minister to this man. He cried in that office. He was like, I only cry when I feel the Holy Spirit. I was like, okay, the Holy Spirit's here. <laughs> he was crying. Whatever he needed, he got what he needed. But really, that was what sometimes things come into our door. And we have to look at the motive. I was talking to a young lady who said that she wanted to move her brother down here because it would help her out. Do you know what I mean? And she keeps thinking, well, if the word says you're supposed to help your family. And I said to her, well, just give it to God and don't start. You could be changing his. He's an adult. You know what I mean? He's living where on another state. I said, if you're going to move him for your motive, you need to put that on the table and just give the concern to God and let God move him. How many times have we convinced people to do things and it was out of God's will, but it really could help us. And we're thinking it's God's will. Do you know what I mean? Come on. How many times do we service people in business like that? Because that just makes us feel better because we think we're doing it for God. Well, the thing that really makes us feel better is when we receive the joy of the Lord. We receive the fullness of him when we do what he has asked us to do. And he asks us to take time and discern the spirit of truth and the spirit error in business. Because he really has something that he's got to accomplish. And when you do it for his purpose... He really does align it all. And it is, I it is sometimes, the, the experience I can just, and I feel like everybody's happening this year. There is a, this is a year that everybody's rubber bands are being so stretched. 
<clears throat> and the Satan wants to be able to cut that because it's stretched so thin. But, you know, God can never break it. There's a band, it says in the word. He can't break the band. And so the band is going to get stretched and stretched and stretched until, boom, everything gets in alignment. And you know what happens? A rubber band, it snaps back into place. Well, that's what's going to happen this year because God wants to really show off his manifestation of what he has for the abundant life of us in Christ. So that's where we have to be walking out in our jobs and everything we're doing, inviting the Holy Spirit to direct our steps. Remember, don't sit in the counsel of the ungodly. Get into the column counsel of the Holy Spirit at every decision you make. Every decision. Because we've all had the flow. I know everybody in here. Everybody, when we use Marvin's example of getting his job, that's being in the flow and then receiving the abundance of whatever it is God needs you to have. He needed them to get married, so he needed to get her a what? A ring. Same with Chris. Chris had to get a ring that was from God. It couldn't be the ring that was from him. And so God really wants us to discern the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. And in that, he blesses us even when we mess up. Now, I love this. Even when we think we've heard God and we really messed up, the beautiful thing is he works things faster. He does put grace on the correction the moment you realized, oh, I missed that. Now I do it, and then he, he moves things faster. He recognized that this is a journey. It's an adventure. And that's why he makes it fun because I love it for rubies because you like the challenge of it. You know, the, the pearls want the heart of it. The sapphires just want to entertain it as they're going through. They laugh as they're going through it. You know what I mean? And I like it. The emeralds are sitting there trying to figure it out. <laughs> they can't figure it out. They can't figure it out because they are so good at discerning what's in the world. They help advise the movement of what's an error or the truth. I'm being serious. It's so awesome. I, yeah. All right. Does anybody have any questions? That is the lesson for today. Does anybody have? Was that good? Was that good? All right. Well, just keep in mind, we opened up with the song, Unstoppable Love. His love is unstoppable for what he wants us all to achieve, the abundant. We have eternal life, and we're building that glory in heaven. But think about as we, we bring heaven on earth. I want everybody to really think about there in their business. Let God, something that you're, let God cut off what's not supposed to be there. Because the moment you release it to him, then you'll know if it's supposed to be. So let it, let those things be changed. Let those things be changed. And think about it. You are a tree firmly planted. And if you keep in his column, even in a drought of business, you're still going to make it. And be like a Joseph. Know when to pull into the storehouse. Know when to move out. Listen for his strategic movements because he is speaking them daily. He's speaking them daily. All right, let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for keeping your word and sending your word into the earth so that we can recognize that it cannot be returned void to us. So, Lord, as we keep seeking you, honoring you, looking to ask you, we recognize that we are born on this earth to receive abundant life in Christ Jesus through his riches and his glory. So, Lord, help us in our belief to believe the prosperity that you have for us and to believe that you will supply all our need. And, Lord, that you will give us answers that are so clear that even as we doubt, it just our faith pushes through. So, Lord, we thank you for the ability to hear your voice, and we thank you for the Holy Spirit who guides us with all the truth. So, Lord, we thank you, we honor you, we exalt your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Yeah, this is my song. Go ahead. This is what I was going to use in the teaching Saturday night. We didn't get to it. We have to let our soul be burned. You don't have to video me. <laughs>